0: What we've got here is failure to communicate.
1: Freedom. Freedom? Well, sign away my freedom. Why, this is ridiculous. Don't be corny, brother. (laughs) Sure, our system of free enterprise isn't perfect. But before we throw it away for some imported double talk, Let's turn the clock back a few years to see what it's done for us.
2: With your host, Mike Paul. Hey, guys, welcome back to Paul's To The Wall podcast. I am your host or, or one of the hosts, or um, I'm, I'm the guy who started the show. And is the guy in the intro says I'm the host the of, guy this with ever, the microphone. of this ever changing and still evolving going through with the growing pain podcast that you guys have been kind enough to stick around for. And I am joined once again by. My bud, good buddy Tyler and Chad. No Nick tonight,
3: though. So yeah, he Nick, wanted to like be, he wanted to like be with his wife or something, right? Yeah, he's
0: got these like, yeah. weird priorities.
3: Dude, I, I bail- know six,
0: success and, and fame takes sacrifices. All right. I, I know. Man. I bailed on mine just to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I haven't missed an episode. I do that every single time. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's Mike's actually got a lock on his door. They're, well, they're banging on the door. I can hear it. Well them. here's the
2: thing. If I don't do this, I'm just gonna end up with more kids. So <laughs> it's birth control. <laughs> True.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. This is so, even money. Chad. But um before we get rolling into anything serious, you know the song Chad by Alan Jackson?
3: Y- yes. Yes, I do.
0: So the second line in the song is "It gets hotter than a hoochie coochie." What do you think he means by that?
3: Uh, uh, um, yeah, wow. Uh, I didn't know you guys were gonna like bust out of the gates with the tough questions here. Uh, I, was,
0: I was, I, you know, I, the, the the tism kicked in, and I was just like thinking about that while I was well, getting I think, ready to start recording.
3: Is, is that is that like a ladies downstairs business or what?
2: I think it means exactly what you think it means. That's like what, what I just said?
0: Because that's, yeah, that's yeah. what
3: I think it means.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's talking, about, he's talking about the South, so it is warm, like probably, what, 98.6 degrees?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Listeners, feel free to leave a five-star review and comment <laughs> what you think of Hoochie Coochie, what he's talking about. Is Alan Jackson a pervert, or is he just rhyming? Which is it? <laughs> he's a national treasure.
3: I was out, out here trying to get Alan Jackson canceled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, don't cancel. He's an icon. Don't cancel him. Dude. I got. We could cancel Lizzo though. While you see, she, the... she posted a nude selfie. Who is that? I know lizzo. That is. What's that? Her,
3: her Instagram handle is lizzo. Lizzo be eaten. If that. Uh, yeah. If
2: what if is? That... I mean, is it like a a singer or
0: a. Uh, Pete has, uh shared it. Yeah, she's a singer. Oh, see, I'm like I feel like
2: a boomer when it comes to this stuff. I'm like, who? You,
0: she she does that, uh, you know that one
3: song. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you would I know.
3: Song. You would know one of her songs
2: for sure. Probably, but I don't know. I don't know who sings any of the songs that I hear when I'm walking through a Walmart. They all sound the same.
0: Well, she posted this unfiltered naked selfie as a bos- body positivity message, but like. With the recent data coming out about the coronavirus and like 78% of the people that were hospitalized were like very overweight, I think this is a bad time for body positivity.
3: Agreed. <laughs> and I'm a big boy myself. Well, while we're on the topic of music and before
2: this Lizzo character came in, uh, country music, did you, guys, uh, did you guys listen to Cocaine Rhinestones, the podcast? Yes. Did you know the second season just came out after like two years? What? Going to yeah. go hit
3: that subscribe right now. Yeah. So I, I'm just
2: going to give him a free plug because it's a phenomenal show. But um, so it's it's hosted by Tyler Mayhem Co, who is David Allen Coe's son, who's like our age. I think David Allen Coe was like 50 when he was born. But um, dude, he's just like a encyclopedia of music. So if you have any interest in like old country music and stuff, it's just like a riveting podcast. <laughs> like super well done, high production, comes out in seasons. So, cocaine and rhinestones, check it out. But, um, is it it
0: hotter than a hoochie coochie?
2: We haven't, he hasn't gotten to the Alan Jackson era yet, but I'm sure (laughs) that's like seven seasons away. He's still in like the 50s. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, but, uh, anyway, so getting back to some current event liberty topics, I don't really want to go too extensively into the the Derek Chauvin case only because I'm kind of burned out because every podcast is talking about it. I, mean, I drove 300 miles today and I listened to all of them. Tim Poole and you know, Ben Shapiro, Lions of Liberty. Um, and, but the only reason I'm even feeling obligated to mention is because on Lions of Liberty, Brian McWilliams on uh, Electric Liberty Land plugged our show, you know, with the ad and said like, hey, these guys will probably be commenting on the Chauvin case too, so go over there and see what they have to say. Well, all I have to say is exactly <clears throat> what every other libertarian has to say. Like, it's, it's mob rule. Um, didn't really have a horse in the race with the case, but clearly the jury was intimidated.
0: That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, you know, it's a wild situation considering that, I mean, dude was definitely on drugs and probably would OD'd in the back of the cop car. Do I think that uh, Chauvin used excessive force? Absolutely. I mean, there was when someone's screaming, they can't breathe. I, I don't really think you need to, continue to hold your knee on your, on their neck like that. So um yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. Are they able to appeal it? I think so. Because but... they, that'll probably what you just said, Mike will probably be their argument is, you know, jury, either jury intimidation or bribing or, you know, caving to political pressure.
2: Well, let's be honest. If you were on that jury, how terrified would you be to come out with a not guilty vote?
0: Well, especially with that, you know, in the, in the internet age where people are like these people have addresses and stuff. It's a, it's a shitty spot for all parties to be in. It's so high profile. And I am not someone that's going to defend, you know, the, the government enforcers too much, but I, I mean, they, he could have handled it differently for sure.
2: No, and like I mean, Brian McWilliams would say on, on Lions of Liberty, like this—you just gave this guy a death warrant. I mean, he's going to yeah. prison, and the minute he goes back in Gen Pop, like, yeah, he's a, he is a target. Like, yeah. so you just basically like give this guy the death sentence. And the thing that kind of disturbed me a little bit, and like I'm kind of with you too. Like, I'm not a fan of you know police having a monopoly on violence. and I got plenty of of you know uh, complaints about police, but. The, the fact is, like, the coroner said if it wasn't for, like, the video footage and the story leading up to it, if she just objectively examined this corpse, she would rule it drug overdose. And they said, what if there was no drugs in the system? And she said, heart failure. Like, there was no suffocation yeah. as cause of death. So it's so, like people of science reject science when it's actually objective.
0: So Pete Quinones actually said that on Twitter. He He said that this... Sets a very dangerous precedent going forward, because now, now they could still use that argument uh, for anyone they want when the police use excessive force. So True. I, and you know what, that's something I gotta hand it to Pete. He's thinking outside the box. That's something I didn't think of, which is probably why he's uh, the successful writer and podcaster he is. And. I when he he said that it like it kind of I was like oh shit you know that was that's a different take and I, I do think it could open up avenues for that argument and justification to be used and abused yeah
3: true. I, I can't remember I can't remember who said it so I, I unfortunately can't give credit if one of you people out there listening knows who it was let us know um, but someone made the point that that Derek Chauvin, this guy was just the sacrificial lamb, you know, they probably made a deal with his family to say, well, you get, you know, $5 million for everyone important to you and we're going to put you away and it's going to, you know, make the, the masses happy and people will forget about this and we'll just go on with our business.
0: Which I mean, that's, that's the classic play in the political world. You know, like right. you look at it, Iran, Iran Contra scandal. They had a fall guy. Everyone has a fall guy. So, right. yeah, he could have been the the sacrificial lamb, for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's totally plausible. I,
2: any further comments on it, or do you guys want to want to swap subjects now?
3: We've already talked about it too much.
2: <laughs> I think so too. I I have I have uh, fatigue from the case, but. Yeah. So anyways, I, I felt this would be relevant because I didn't wanting to do this since the early episodes of the show. Um, so this is, I want to play from YouTube this, it's about nine minutes. It's a cartoon um, that we can stop along the way. But it's its where the audio track from our intro comes from. And the reason I want to talk about it is I've had a couple people ask me what our intro is. Like, where'd you guys get the audio for that? And i did, I played it. I created it. yeah i wish (laughs) so it's from a 1948 pro-capitalism cartoon uh called make mine freedom and this was like so my dad was born in 1965 and he said they watched this in elementary school like this was like schoolhouse rock like they're like hey you don't want to become a communist watch this like that's how far we've come since the early 70s
0: better dead than red
2: exactly so I just thought it'd be kind of cool to play the audio track on, on this, and we can kind of stop and break it down and see where it's relevant in today's political climate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not sure. If, have you guys ever seen this before? No, no. Uh, I
3: thought you were. I thought you were going to be playing Cool Hand Luke for us.
2: No, Cool Hand Luke's a great movie, but I'd probably get a a season desist. <laughs> so this is actually like it's kind of funny. This Make Mine Freedom. I, I want to look into the history of it, like. The the scrubbing on Google goes so deep that like nobody cares about this cartoon. It's so old. You guys already know about it, and you're like hardcore free market libertarians. But even when you go to Wikipedia, it's like "Make Mind Freedom" is a satire propaganda film made to like you know belittle central control of the state or something. Like Wikipedia is pure propaganda. Google's propaganda. So like you can't even get an objective history on on how this was made. But Watch this and let me know if you guys think this is propaganda or if this is uh,
3: reality. Oh, oh, and I have dual monitors, so I can get like full fancy and have it be a full screen.
0: Hell yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: America
1: is many things to many people. To a 17-year-old kid, it's the malt shop on the corner. <laughs> grandpa, it's the front porch in the cool of the evening. <laughs> to mother and her family, it's church on Sunday morning. And to dad, it's his favorite relaxation. <laughs> it's the Cracker Bell philosophers in tree corners. And it's the tycoons in Wall Street. It's all races, creeds, and religions. It's freedom to work at the job you like. Can you pause it really quick? Freedom of speech and to peaceably...
2: I saw it interesting where it's, like, it's all races, creeds, and religions, and it shows, like, a diversified classroom. This is 1948. Like, this is 20 years before, like, MLK getting assassinated.
3: Not possible.
2: Like, it, I mean, doesn't that just make you stop and question, like, what year the Jim Crow laws start getting, like, enforced? I mean, I'm not, like, I'm seriously not historically, like,
0: Well, according to the according to the corporate press, we're in Jim Crow (coughs) right now after that Georgia voting law. That's right. Uh, Worse than worse worse. than it's Jim Crow on steroids, is I believe what uh, our fearless leader said. Yeah, Yeah, I believe you're correct.
2: So, anyways, keep rolling it though.
0: Assemble
1: freedom to own property, security from unlawful search or seizure. What's your want, Flatfoot? The right to oh, yeah. public trial. Protection against cruel punishments and excess fines. The right to vote. And to worship God in your own way. It is these freedoms that have made America strong. Okay, okay, so we got our freedom. But management's lousing up everything. Labor is at fault. It's ruining the country. My constituents, as your elected representative, I can assure you, labor's right. Management's right. I'm strictly neutral. Labor? Management? Politicians? Booey. Oh, they can't tell corn from oats. Why, it only right. Right. All the right. right hurry, hurry, right. hurry, hurry. Step right up, folks. Here's the answer to your problems. Dr. Utopia's sensational new discovery isn't. Ism will cure any ailment of the body politic. It's terrific. It's tremendous. Once you swallow the cause, pause it again, really quick. Bottle, accountable-
2: so, just so because people okay. are just listening, they don't have the video context. There's a, a like a, a traveling salesman at a park, <clears> and he has this brown bottle called Ism. Obviously, it's for socialism, communism. It's the, the the moral of the story is to run from anything that has Ism. Um, you know, that's new and novel. Minus market capitalism. But um, so that—that's what's going on here. There's like this sleazy traveling salesman trying to sell all these people on this bottle of ism, this magical elixir. So, anyhow,
1: for benefits of higher wages, shorter hours, and security, enormous profits, no strikes. Remember, you're the big boss. Government control, no worry about votes. Name your own salary. Bigger crops, lower costs. Why, ism even makes the weather perfect every day. And now then, because we are introducing this amazing item for the first time in this country, it isn't going to cost you one cent. All you have to do is sign this little scrap of paper and you get your bottle absolutely free. I hereby turn over to ism incorporated. Everything I have, including my freedom and the freedom of my children and my children's children, In return for which, said ism promises to take care of me forever. (laughs) Get out of the way! Pardon me. Pardon me. And who are you, my good man? I'm John Q. Public. Ah, my fine friend, you're just in time to share this generous and gigantic offer. Sign right here. Mind if I read it first? Hurry up, here here 1st Oh, no, yes, oh no, here Keep your shirts on, boys. You know, including my freedom. Freedom? Well, Sign right away my freedom? Why, this is ridiculous. Don't be corny, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, our system of free enterprise isn't perfect. But before we throw it away for some imported double talk, Let's turn the clock back a few years to see what it's done for us. Keep for pause it for a second. In-
0: so that's actually uh, I mean it's pretty cartoonish, but that's usually how they sell it. You know, they they sell a nice utopian view. Everyone owns everything, and in on paper it does sound great, but mm-hmm. in application it never works because the people that are doing all the central planning hold all of the power and they they do what they see fit because there's a there's a human factor that never seems to work when it comes to central planning because yeah, I, people act in self-interest and when you give all the control to a small group of people they're going to act on self self-interest just like everyone else except they're no one people. else has the ability to act on self-interest.
2: They're just—they're just people that want increase in their life. They want the next, the newest, biggest house and car and property. And the only the difference is they're taking their gains through nefarious ways versus, you know, ethical wealth in the free market. But what I thought was hilarious is that the creators of this had no idea. I don't think they lived to see like the late 1990s, but ism will even make the weather perfect every day. It's like this is before global warming like 50 years, half a century before global warming yeah. and like now we're literally at the green new deal where we're going to make the weather perfect by just giving your freedom and your money to the government. We're going to make the weather perfect every yeah. day. Like it is so fucking accurate. History, watch it and history doesn't
0: uh, it doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme.
2: It does rhyme. Yeah.
0: And and yeah. you know, have you guys watched that uh oh uh, what's his name Yuri something? He defected from the ussr in 19 like 84 and he basically laid out everything that's happening today and it's it's funny because even you know yeah like there's there's some hints of you know propaganda sure the red scare type stuff but everything he said here is exactly like how it plays out they infiltrate sure, but- all your social institutions they infiltrate I, you know, all these different organizations that control politics and culture. So this is where it
2: gets really really cool right here. This is why was a great place to pause it. So, but remember, this is 1948. So we're three years out of World War II. Like, we just saw Nazi Germany collapse. Like, they made this video and said, put it in every school so our our country never goes this way. This is, like, they saw it firsthand. This wasn't some, like, oh, what if this happens? Some, like, hypothetical. Like, no, this literally just, like, like murdered millions of innocent people like men, women, and children. So they completely put this together for that reason. So right now, you know, we paused, you know, they might've lost track where we were at to the listeners. So he's trying to like turn the clock back to see what the free market has done for us and why we should stop bitching about these little tiny, minute details that they're unhappy about with labor versus management. It's like, it's like unions versus, you know, it's uh, worker control. It's basically like, modern-day ben, ben Burgess socialist versus us. Like, it's kind of that, those two people going at it. And uh, so right now this is basically, he's referencing Henry Ford right here. So we're going to play it from here. And this is, like, the Henry Ford story, and he's showing how capitalism benefits
1: everybody. In the 1890s, Joe Dokes was just a guy who liked to tinker around his barn. Some people thought Joe was lazy. Some even thought he was nuts. But one day, he had an idea. And because he was free to dream and scream and tinker, Joe had a chance to make something of himself and his idea. So...
3: He's driving a car.
1: Of course, some people didn't think so much of Joe's idea but that didn't stop him. So Joe got some money from young Aunt Minnie and Uncle Angus and Grandpappy. So he's acquired
2: investors to support
1: his dream. When Joe's friends and relatives used their savings to help him buy tools and property, they were capitalists. Don't blush, folks. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Now, naturally, Joe needed some help. So he hired Willie Lumpkin, who was out of work anyway. And before long, Willie had the know-how and became skilled labor. Because capital, management, and labor worked together, Joe's idea grew. It grew and did things even he never dreamed of. Today, the automobile industry provides millions of jobs that never existed before.
2: This is 1948.
1: This is a story of only one industry. There are thousands more scattered all over the United States whose history of development is pretty much the same. We've built a country under the American system that sends more young people to high school and college than all the rest of the world combined. Why, even in the Depression... Our wages bought more food, clothing, travel, and entertainment than the wages of any other people in the world. Our country has a national income equal to the total national incomes of any other six nations of the world. With only 7% of the Earth, we drive 70% of the world's automobiles. That's just a sample of the things the capitalistic system has given us in only 160 years. Before signing up, you boys ought to try a little taste of Doctorism's formula to see what you'd get in exchange for your freedom. Go ahead.
0: Try it. Let's pause it for a second. This is where they it gets fucking
2: phenomenal. This is like, it's just getting warmed up. Here's the best part. So
0: they missed a prime opportunity to shit all over FDR. Yeah.
2: the, the greatest, <laughs> uh, The greatest
0: central planner in American history. But, because they, you know, they, they, they definitely, uh, they definitely downplayed FDR's role. You know, they tried to make light of the Great Depression, but you know, all he did was make it worse.
2: Yeah, dude, it's like you got to keep referencing to yourself. This was made in 1948. Like we the autom- Today, the automotive industry <clears throat> has grown to this. Like no, but this was still like seventy. 70- or whatever, <laughs> some years ago now. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, it, it, this is like the infancy of where all this was going. How crazy, well before the internet, well before, I mean, all this crazy technology we have. He's like, look how rich we all are. Like, we are all super high standard of living. We have air conditioning and automobiles and electricity. And it's all happened here within the last, whatever, hundred and some years since we had free market capitalism. So this is, like, the, the real cool part, though. This is where, so now all the people at the park just took a hypothetical sip of this ism snake oil that this salesman was selling, and they're going to go into, like, a dystopian dream of what ism leads to. So get, get, roll the tape, twisted
3: off, Getting twisted off that
1: ism. <laughs> you can't do this to me. I'll strike. The state forbidden strikes. Wait till the Union hears about this! Ah, yes, the Union. Welcome to our ranks, number 1313. So the state is a giant blue fist that's sweeping down from the sky, (laughs) controlling everyone. The state is the Supreme Court. Our decision is as follows No more private property, no more you farm vote and put a stop to this. Farmers don't vote anymore. Uh, what will I do for shade next year? You won't have to worry about next year. The state will do your planning from now on. We must fight to regain our freedom or everything is lost. Yo, it's us. Everything, <laughs> everything is fine. 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 When anybody preaches disunity, tries to pit one of us against the other through class warfare, race hatred, or religious intolerance, you know that person seeks to rob us of our freedom and destroy our very lives. And we know what to do about it. And now, gentlemen, no violence, please. And don't throw those bubbles. Don't throw those bubbles. no, no. You stop, oh, oh, Dude,
2: stop it there. So, damn it, for, for a propaganda film, it was very Nostradamus-like.
0: Yeah. Dude, that yeah, last think, uh...
2: part. You know, the where he says, like, when they pin you class warfare race like against each other they seek to take away your freedom and everything in your life it's like huh it might be uh it might be
3: might be good to put back in schools
2: yeah (laughs) i think we should have never stopped it i think we should have just like i mean schoolhouse rock wasn't you know it it was okay but this probably was a little more valuable (laughs) this this is a banger for sure yeah. So I, I just, <clears throat> it's, I had a couple of people uh, say they'd never, they didn't know where our intro came from. So I was like, we might as well just explain that. Cause I forget not everyone is uh, shares with our uh, autism level with libertarianism. So.
0: so it, it definitely uh, Ayn Rand talks about it in uh, We the Living, which is semi, semi autobiography type book. It's, it's a novel, but it's based on a lot of things she experienced. And that's the first thing when the Soviets took power. That's basically what they did, because that's really that's how you consolidate power is you group your people into different groups and keep them observing one another versus observing you kind of like what you see now. I mean, our you know, the corporate press is nothing more than propaganda. I would say that almost 90 percent of it is disinformation to some extent. And that's what they're doing. They're keeping people distracted and angry at one another so that they can consolidate power. And that's why if if Biden makes a move to stack the courts, it'll meet only resistance from libertarians and a select few conservatives. But, I mean, let's face it. Most conservatives are merely people who are protecting progressive policies from 10 years ago, and they're going to keep losing They've already lost the culture war and they're going to continue to lose it. And they're going to get beaten down into the ground until they go on the offensive and videos like this were people going on the offensive. Right. You know, they-
2: and you know, I, I, I'm going to say it. I don't care if you guys disagree. I think all of our problems are rooted in the fact that this was removed from public school and the cha-cha slide was implemented.
0: The Cha Cha slide is definitely an app. I agree with Nick on that one.
3: I you know, I, I must have missed that day of class, but I, I don't disagree. Dude, it's like just because I was I was the guy who was like seventh grade and I crossed my
2: arms and stood still and didn't move, and everyone stared at me like I was some kind of like social outcast. Like, why aren't you sliding to the left, sliding to the right, clap your hands? Like I was just like, fuck you guys. I'm not doing this. I feel Cringeworthy. It's disgusting and humiliating. You guys should all be ashamed of yourselves. Like, and I was kind of an introverted kid when I was young. I didn't I didn't talk much to these kids. I was like, I'm not doing this. The teacher would give me a glare and stuff. Like, I'm not like fucking flunk me. I'm not going to dance to music I hate. And like is gay. Period. I'm sorry. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm no no offense if you're gonna dance, but it's just not my thing. So. It, like I, it's just like, hey, follow orders, fit in, don't be a social outcast. Yeah. like that's all it is. Like I, this, I mean, this
3: happened,
0: this happened at our middle school.
2: Yeah, yeah, BCMS. I remember that for sure.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, Chad, you don't remember? You were the kid stuffing Mike into lockers because he was <laughs> introverted.
3: <laughs> I man, I might know me. Me, me and, Mi- and Mike, you oh, were best friends on the bus, listening yet. to Leonard Skinner and Zeppelin.
2: Dude, yeah, since like seventh or sixth grade, Chad and I, like, we hit yeah. it off and we still here. That's why I'm so pissed when my oh, eight-year-old yeah. daughter is getting scolded by the her, her Gestapo, her COVID Gestapo for her mask going below her nose and her friends sitting too close to her. I'm like, dude, some of the most important friendships are formed at this age on the bus. Like, Chad and I are, are doing a podcast together. Get the fuck out of the way. Let them talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. it really pisses okay. me off.
0: Man. I still can't. That video needs to be made again, but it needs to be revised to take the cheap shot at FDR. Sorry, I'm late. I had to stop by the Wax Museum again and give the finger to FDR. A central planning <laughs> fuck. Let's see
2: if we can get the writers on the podcast. Oh shit, they died yes. nine years ago. I nineteen years ago. I
0: can't. I could do a three-hour episode about how much I hate FDR.
2: Dude, did you see the the meme that went viral? Cotton
0: Hill. The
2: meme that went viral like four years ago when Bernie was running and it was like last time a democratic socialist ran for president, he got elected four times.
0: Like, They're losers.
2: Yeah, I'm just like, you motherfuckers. Like this guy literally put Japanese people in internment camps, confiscated gold, and put cattle in a trench in the dust bowl and had them executed when people were starving. Like, oh yeah, yeah he's an American hero. I mean, he might as well be Henry
0: Ford. So, you guys want to hear the spiciest take? That may irritate some listeners. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deviate from the autism. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I hold the belief that even in an anarcho-capitalist society, trade unions, private trade unions, would have a place in the workplace. Still, I hold that belief because, and and I'm gonna, I got to give credit where it's due to Mr. Aaron from timeline earth who broke it down and he said that even in a in a truly ancap society the people working for their employer would still hold an adversarial relationship with their employer so granted they'd all be private which means that if they so chose to do so they would have the right to collectively organize and bargain sure. with their employer and i that that I'm sure there's going to be some people autistically screaming when they hear this but I I hold the belief that that private unions would still have a place and um and, yeah. and like co-ops you know like if communities formed co-ops those type of things I think would still happen.
2: Yeah you're you're not wrong you're 100% right. The difference would be that so it's like I work non-union right? So I I have nothing against collective bargaining. If me and my coworkers all want to get together and get to go to my boss and be like, Hey, we're getting paid this. You're making us do this. We want to go to this or we're going to stop working. Like we do have the right to do that. However, he has the right to say, go fuck yourself. You're all fired. I'm going right. to hire people to replace you who aren't going to complain. So like that, that's the way a free market works. Right. But with the way you're referencing it, that private unions would have a place they would the only difference is they wouldn't have, they would not have union lobbyists to lobby the state to give them power and fund democratic right. candidates. So it's like their, their power would be a fraction, like a, a it, minuscule fraction of what it is.
0: It'd be like old school unions when right. they, they actually had sack. Like now work. they're just political organizations.
2: It would work for like a, you know, a small business or even like an assembly line where it's like, Hey, listen, like business is crazy right now. Like these, you know, we just came out with this product. Like we're going crazy hours. We're selling like hotcakes. We know how well the company is doing. Like, you know, we're gonna strike if you don't do this. And they'd be like, they would just wait and be like, is it cheaper to fire and rehire and train, or give these guys a raise? And that that's that's the extent of all you would have. Like, so yeah, you're you're right. They would exist, but they would they would not be what they are. You would not be moving production out of the country because they're so powerful.
0: Well, and all that's due to the way the Average wages would probably be a lot higher in a in a utopian ancap society as well because there wouldn't be all these government like government set interventions in the market, set prices, um, any types of cronyism, subsidies, shit like that, along with the minimum wage laws. So it's possible that people flipping burgers in an ancap society with without your corporate taxes and all this other bullshit. People flipping burgers are probably making double or triple what they make. I mean, real wages, real wages would skyrocket. Now, least, granted, job security may be a little less because in a, in, you know, in a capitalist society, you could fail. Like, you know, if McDonald's was like, ha ha, we're bankrupt, well, you know, the government boys would be like, we got to bail them out. They're a staple of American culture.
2: Yeah. I mean, but the, the thing is, the cost of living would be so much lower.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, and, yeah
2: Inflation wouldn't be a thing.
0: Right. right, you know, so people would have more wealth with or without, you know, they may not, there may not even be a need for a union.
2: Plus, without public schooling, people would be trained how to manage money from a young age. True, dude. I, you know, I, you know, I, was,
0: I was told in school that spending is a good indicator of the economy, and I'm doing my part. And
2: before you have a dollar to your name, go borrow a hundred grand and go to these guys for four years and become a communist.
3: Get rich quick. there, Hell yeah! You know, I you. you Tyler, you said there may not be um, as much of a need for it after a while, and I think that that's probably true in the sense that given true competition and the ability to actually compete, there's going to be a lot more smaller businesses producing products rather than huge, large corporations. Um, That being said, I mean, I think that eliminates a lot of the desire and need for Unions altogether, uh, you know, three or four people is a lot different than hundreds of people or thousands right.
0: of people. Right, and and you know, with the with the current system, there's so much government cheese running through all these large conglomerates that they have no incentive. They only have enough incentive to be just above average in terms of competitive pay, just enough right. to keep you from going to a small business.
2: Right, right. But,
0: They don't have any incentive to be like, wow, you know, you're like you're you're an incredible assembler. Like we want to pay you fifty bucks an hour. No, they don't have it. No, they say we'll give you twenty five dollars an hour because we know anywhere else in the area you're only gonna make twenty, so you can't leave. Right. Right.
2: Do you guys like indentured
0: servitude, really? Just just like gas stations. Now yeah. You know, for,
2: for our listeners, I mean, I'm sure some of them do work in unions. I mean, um, I, I got buddies that work in unions, both public and private sector. They're, they're good people. It's like I'm trying to, like, say everyone that's in unions, bad, whatever. I have no qualms with collective bargaining, like I said, as long as it's, like, voluntary where it's not enforceable by the state. Um, but have you guys ever, like, do you guys know some people from, like, high school that went into unions and then came out, like, radically different people within a couple of years. I know who
3: you're talking about.
2: Um, I'm joking. I know. Like 10 of them. I, would
3: <laughs> I would say it's 50, people. 50.
2: Well, here's the thing. If you're listening and you're like, you know, you're either, if you don't know that guy in your union, you are that guy, but you would not be listening to this show if you're that guy. So put it that way. Right. <laughs> so exactly. Dude, like I, I I've, I remember like going to one of my buddies' weddings, and like all these like union iron workers were there, and like I knew them in high school and stuff, and they were in a cult. Like they got drunk, and they're just like going up to people, like, "What do you do? Are you in union? Are you in union?" And like I, I had my my uh, car auction business at the time. He's like, "What do you do for a living?" I'm like, "I I auction off cars." He goes, "Are you union?" I'm like, "No, there's no unions for entrepreneurs." Like I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> like, but they they're like they were like wanted like I mean it's a cult. It was like so crazy not all union people are like that I want to clarify but it does something to some people like I've seen some people get so radically changed I was like dude that guy was kind of cool in high school I don't want to see him again. Holy shit like it, it
1: it's,
0: you know there is a little bit of like the I mean they a lot of them make a lot of money so like some yeah. of that may come from that. kind of deal but you know it is what it is i've i've seen it it's about 50 50 some people are like it was it was a good job i took it i don't give a fuck like yeah you know i i just have an issue with the current system because of the way the lobbying system is set up and government cheese is everywhere that the unions have more incentive to look out for their political interests than they do their own union members interests and that's where i have an issue the prime, prime example of that is you look at a lot of
3: these people in some of the unions, and if you were to talk to them, uh, generally speaking, you would label them as a Republican or Trump voter, but the union beats it into them to vote Democrat every yeah. time.
0: And they which, do. Which is crazy because, I mean, not that the Republican Party is much better, but honestly, the Republican is generally better with business. So, it kind of they, they vote against their own interests because you know, they're like, well, we the unions vote democrat because they're looking out for our jobs and it's like not really. I mean, I don't even I don't even know if the Republican party is any better. Not much. Yeah. No. Anymore. I I do I do know Maybe a lot of union day. members that like Trump's uh, protectionist type policies, but Ultimately, those aren't really good for the economy, like tariffs and stuff. Tariffs, not so good. They cost the economy uh, like billions of dollars every year.
3: Oh, it's it's brutal, man. Um, I mean, inflation is uh, it's here. It's, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I'm seeing it every day. It, it, it's brutal at within work. You know, going through and increasing prices all the time. I, you know, I went through to do an increase in price. And uh, I feel like I haven't been able to stop doing it since yeah. then
0: in you know, two months. So I, I sent this in the group chat, but I'll, I'll read it for the listeners in case they're unaware just how ridiculous it's been in the last year. So mind you, we've printed what, like 38% of all us dollars in circulation in 2020. And, So the commodity prices over the last calendar year, which is, we'll we'll say, March to March. This tweet just came out like last week. Commodity prices over the last year. Lumber, plus 265%. WTI crude, 210%. Gasoline, 182%. Brent crude, 163%. Heating oil, 107%. Corn, which is subsidized. 84%, copper, 83%, soybeans, also subsidized, 72%, silver, 65%, sugar, 59%, cotton, 54%, platinum, 52%, natural gas, 43%, palladium, 32%, wheat, 19%, coffee, 3%, and gold, 3%. Unreal, that's you know, and it it right. what what is what are they what have they been saying
3: the the standard rate of inflation has been for the last several years two percent I mean I yeah two three percent something it's like probably going to be like five. Oh, Maybe if more. not more 10? if not more did yeah I mean it easily could be did I, I'm I I know the answer to this question but I'm going to ask it anyway Did you see Thomas Massey's tweet about inflation? He said. He said. Does anyone want to wager? A, a, oh, what did he say? Did oh, any?
0: I, I think I saw this one. But it- uh, did
3: anyone want to hazard a guess as to what the actual rate of inflation was? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Something. Something along those yeah. lines. And the crazy thing is, he just got trashed in the comment section. And I'm sitting there, like, what are you people mad about? There, you. Know, one comment that stuck out to me said oh, well, you weren't really worried about
0: inflation under uh, when Trump was president. And I'm like... Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I, I've <laughs> yeah. been fo- I've been following him on Twitter for like two years now. And he's... Yeah. You know, he aligned... Like, he's like Rand Paul. He aligned with Trump when it was fit his belief system. But that guy... Trump was on... Was it NBC criticizing the hell out of him? Yeah. Oh, big time. He, he wouldn't support the first stimulus. Yeah, well, because he... Worse than that, not even because he didn't
3: support it, because he made them follow the Constitution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. The dude the dude's an American hero.
0: Yeah. He's he's probably one of maybe four at best Congress people that are worth a shit. Agreed. And Agreed. and it's sad because the only press that they ever put him and Rand Paul on is when it's bad. Yeah. But, oh
3: yeah, it's brutal. I mean, and it's
0: brutal. I, you know, it, it's just the amount of pork that they're putting into all this. Like we're going to pay for it, and the same with the corporate tax increase. Corporate tax increase fucks middle class workers because real wages stagnate when they do that.
3: Yep. Yep. I mean, you know that, or or uh, <clears throat> there's there's more incentive to automate right it's 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 not hard, you know like I come from a manufacturing background specifically uh, machining and machine tools, and it's you know it happens all the time
0: mm-hmm. you know
3: there's more and more robots every time you go out on the shop floor,
0: yeah, I mean they're they're finding ways to I mean if you look at most industries in manufacturing, they're still using 1950s and 60s era technology, so the next step, oh yeah when they finally allocate capital to it, they're going to automate the shit out of it. I mean, you look Absolutely. at like measurement systems, optical scanning systems, all these things are already here. I mean, yep. you know, some so some of these shops, you have machine shops probably paying guys 20 to 40, depending on the area of the country, 20 to 40 an hour to run a CMM. Those guys will be on oh, a yeah. job within 10 years. And yeah, it's yeah. because they have, you know, these companies have incentives to yeah. do this because
3: you can hire a button pusher to do it.
0: Yep. And you can yep. pay them 12 bucks an hour to do it.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, my, uh, so what my... I'm
0: saying is unionize, but in the old school way.
2: There you go. My uh, my kids were waking up, man. Sorry. This this twin dad life is uh, it's a little, little difficult to balance a podcast with. So, um you know, as long as we're playing this nonsense game of, uh you know, government handouts. It's like, I want to start like a twin parent awareness campaign. The SJW should jump on. Like, you know, we should get more, more stimulus.
0: They're going to allocate. Joe Biden wants a $1 trillion family plan, family care plan. So there you go. It's it's got a slide. Joey Joey B is taking
2: care of you. Number of kids is kind of arbitrary. It's like, no twin parents have it harder. I'm sorry. And triple parents have it harder than me. And some people have more kids than me. They should get more money.
0: You should write Congress. Are you sure? strong sure swimmers there's people fun. that have
2: that there's
3: people that have more kids than you
2: i met one last weekend not even kidding <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i bought a snowmobile over the weekend um and i it was actually a kid that's a year younger than us graduated from our same high school as me and you chad and i never met him before but i saw i, I use my wife's facebook to buy and sell through because uh i gave up facebook which marketplace is a necessary evil it's fucking awesome but it sucks um but yeah I went to this kid's house and get there and he's like yeah i got five kids and i'm like holy shit he's a year younger than me and i'm like damn dude like i thought i had it bad he, and i was like yeah we got we got twins right now. and now. he goes yeah i got a pair of those too I was like, <laughs> damn. holy shit he's like yeah i got i got a boy girl that are five and i got and i got a two year old son and i'm like good lord man so yeah i, I he had it worse i was like okay touche like hats off you got it worse than i do i'm not going to bitch to you
3: brutal Dang, yeah. Y'all y'all are good birth control. That's all I. know. <laughs> but um sorry I'm not sure what I missed, but yeah
2: man, it's
0: uh we were reading about uh commodity price increases, inflation.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So Tyler and I were talking before we started recording about like how gold and silver are historically the safest hedges against inflation. Yet they seem to be plateaued and actually declining in the last year. Well, copper, PVC, all these other commodities, lumber are going through the roof. Um, so it's like, why is the number one thing that is a hedge against inflation going down? And you know, my dad's a, um, he he goes down some rabbit holes that I've not gone down. And he he sends me these YouTube links all the time. He's like, oh, listen to this one when you're driving. I'm like, "Dad, I can't run up my data and watch a 20-minute YouTube video when I'm driving. Like I, I download my podcast at home on Wi-Fi. And then I go, but any, anyhow, he, he talks about how, like, the markets are, like, artificially manipulated by all the powers that be with these things. And I, I don't know how much credibility, what's valid or whatever, but it seems remarkably plausible. Like, How are gold and silver not going crazy right now? And everyone's like, oh, because Bitcoin's taking over. It's like, okay, but why is lumber up? Yeah.
3: So two by fours and the new gold. Scary times. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're definitely manipulating the market. And I think it's a sign of what's to come when you see the central banks all hoarding precious metals. That's, That's usually your sign that you should start getting into some inflation resistant assets.
2: Yeah, because I've been holding gold since the first lockdown. Like, I've I put every single stimulus check. Maybe this is too much information to be putting out there. I really don't care. But I, I don't want to take government assistance. I never have taken a day of unemployment. I never will. So when those things started coming, and they literally direct deposit to my account because they have all the information for my tax returns, it just shows up in my account. <laughs> like, I had one of two options. Well, three options. First option is I can spend it like everyone else. And they like, oh, we're going to go on vacation. We're going to go buy a new New sofa. We're gonna buy a big flat screen. Yeah, you, uh, you guys buy guns, which I applaud. It's not, <laughs> it's not it's my a hard uh, asset, baby.
0: I never yeah. said that. Well, no, no, no <laughs> The ones,
2: the ones you did buy, were lost in the the, the, the famous twenty twenty one boating accident that we
0: were all in. It was yeah, so crazy. Yeah. Dude,
2: like we were all there with our with our guns, our ammo, and our Bitcoin wallets, our hardware wallets, and they all sunk. And like, dude, if they can find it, just yeah. like I, I asked they give it back to us. Chad, that right, boat you right. bought
0: was a piece of shit. I hated it. That man. water was still cold and we had to swim to shore. That was horrible. It's, <laughs> Anyhow, bullshit,
2: dude. My other option was to have all of the dollar bills printed out into cash and oh. send it to a sex toy company and have it molded into a dildo and send it back to the like anyone in the government and say, go stimulate yourself, which I thought about doing. I thought I might get like a viral video. that would be kind of fun. But Tyler talked me out of it by saying buying Bitcoin is the same thing as saying go fuck yourself. It so, is. Or go stimulate yourself, sorry. So, yeah, I put it all into Bitcoin and gold and silver. And Bitcoin is far outperformed precious metals. Like, precious metals have de- like depreciated since I bought it. Not by much, but by a little bit. And Bitcoin's 10 x So, hmm. it's like... I- I don't know, man. It's it's a weird time to be in, but the the, the one queer thing is nobody wants to be holding cash. The classic car market, which I've been involved with my entire life, is crazy. Um, my, my buddy Todd's coming on the podcast soon, who's been dealing classic cars his entire life, says it's been the the busiest and most lucrative year of his life, which makes no objective sense. Like, who? who why would you want to buy a luxury asset that literally does not do anything for you in survival times? Like, if, if shit was hitting the fan. Like, a, a, I'm sorry, a, a 70 bus 429 Mustang won't do jack shit for you. You know, like you want Bitcoin, gold, silver, food, land, ammo.
3: Like, you know, it, it'll it be really cool until you run out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, and guess what? No like no one's going to give you anything for it, <laughs> like, except for what they can harvest off of it for, for survival purposes. So uh, you kind of look at it where it's like, what would you actually buy if like the grid was shut down, and you were in, like, a doomsday prepper-type scenario, like, yeah, a, a classic car has no objective purpose in that. Like, I mean, the, oh, like, yeah. I guess the one best thing is there's no, like, uh, you know, tracking devices out if you want to use this transportation, but I th- I'm pretty sure an EMP would even toast like ignition coils and points, so I don't think any car is actually immune from a, a true dystopian nightmare, but... I don't know, man. It's just a weird time. Like everything's going crazy.
0: They shut down my fucking Starbucks with an EMP. I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the 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 and I don't know if you've seen this as you uh,
3: dabble back into your snowmobile buying addiction, but the the recreational markets are going through the roof too, which doesn't make a bit of sense. I saw today a motorcycle for sale that I sold one of last year, not the same exact bike, but they, they have it listed and I don't think they're going to get it, but maybe they will for twice as much as I sold it for. And I sold the bike for more than it was worth.
2: Yeah. No. And why? I got to give this term credit to one of my buddies who listens to the podcast. So uh, he knows who he is. I got to give him credit. Um, But he said all middle-class dad hobbies have gone through the roof. Like bikes, Obviously, firearms, but that's kind of a dual-purpose appreciation. That's, like, survival, like, gun threat or or gun grab threats. Um, We yeah, mountain bikes, like, I mean, everything, four-wheelers, snowmobiles, dirt bikes, any hobby that middle, kayaks, like, everything has gone, like, 50 to 100 to 200% up in value. Like, things that – so, I sold a uh, Yamaha Raptor four-wheeler. Four years ago, I think it was right after my, yeah, right around the time my my second was born. Um, it took me two months to sell it for twenty two hundred bucks, and I, I could not believe because I, I stole it for like eighteen hundred bucks. I was like, man, this is a this is a really good deal. It took me two months to sell it. Right now, I can't buy that thing in shittier condition than the one I had for under
3: thirty four hundred. It's insane,
2: and they sell quick. Like, fast.
3: Absolutely
2: it's, wild. It, it's clearly inflation. And, like, obviously, like the, the, the fast changing, like, the velocity of money is because they all just got this money put in their account. And they're like, hey, what do I do? Oh, I've always wanted a four-wheel. I couldn't afford a four-wheel. I couldn't justify it. Now I can, because this money I didn't work for. Boom. They buy it. But once again, it's like... And those kind of vehicles, like, I even, like, snowmobiles and ATVs, they, they in dirt bikes, they have a utilitarian purpose, even if you had to, like, uh, if, if shit did hit the fan... I mean, they're off-road vehicles.
0: You can do some sick wheelies in them too. Snowmobiles
2: are the only Hell thing. Yeah. Snowmobiles are the only thing that can get you around if if you know the government can't plow the my roads. So there there is an objective purpose to those. Where I'm not too afraid to put money into them, but classic cars, I think, is just fucking baddie to be holding on to right now.
3: It's yeah yeah. I mean, unless it's like sentimental attachment or something, I have.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got one of those. But, yeah, I, I don't – the markets are so unpredictable right now. But everything I would have thought happened, what was going to happen a year ago, like, I was completely wrong. Like, literally, I mean, I, I didn't do snowmobiles last summer because I was like, fuck. I, I, I sold all my sleds, like, two months before the lockdowns. I got out of the last one. And I was so grateful. I was like, oh, man, can you imagine I was holding, you know, 20 snowmobiles right now? Like I was like, I was gonna be so scared. Like, what am I gonna do with these things? Who's gonna be buying snowmobiles? Like the shit's in the fan. I couldn't even sell my house for two months when, when this is going down. But um I was completely wrong because the market doubled. Like like things that I a snowmobile I normally would have gotten twelve hundred dollars for was going for like two grand to twenty four hundred.
3: So I was like, damn, I missed the boat. <laughs> Should have kept doing what it's I was crazy. doing. Well, even like you said, like with your house, like you you had a hard time with that when you went to sell it. Now there's such little inventory. It doesn't matter what house it is or how much it is. It's going to sell. I, you know, we sold my first house recently for thirty thousand more than I paid for it, and I maybe put three thousand dollars worth of work into that house. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of man hours, but it, it's insane.
0: Just wait until the uh, until the stimulus high runs out and the moratorium on uh, rent and evictions, and the student loan payments that are suspended right now, that's, I'm thinking in the fall, that's when you're going to see a, a major, the, it'll be an emergency. we will <clears throat> probably have to pass more money to keep this high going, because, or drop oh, wow. interest rates maybe to negative. I, I, it, When that happens, that's when things are going to get greasy.
2: Yeah,
3: dude. I, I listened I think to the,
2: oh, sorry, Jay, go ahead.
0: No, I was
3: just going to say, I think the I think the negative interest rates are all but inevitable.
2: Yeah, I was listening to the Johnny Cash song from his last album, and he had a song called uh, "God's Going to Cut You Down." Yep, and it it is it like makes me think so much about like I mean so much relevant however you want to look at it in that song like what's going on with the politicians like what's what's been done in the dark will be brought to the light, but like the course of the song is you can run on for a long time, you can run on for a long time. Four times he says that, but sooner or later God will cut you down. Like it's it's inevitable. You can keep inflating this bubble, but it's gonna come down. Like it it could be tomorrow, could be five years, could be another twenty years. Who knows? Like we don't know what unlimited QE does with the current, uh, you know GDP and all this. But you know it has to crash because it's economically flawed. It's a it's a it's a flawed equation. Like you can't keep going on giving people money without creating value like it, there has to be a correction and it's going to be a violent violent correction at some point
0: yeah i think we should just eat it now because if we let this go for a few more years it's only going to be 10 times worse it's
2: like a drug addiction or like if we're up night, if we're drinking up all night right now it's like it's 3 a.m it's like should we go to bed and get the hangover over with it's like no let's keep drinking what about the hangover we will just we're going to drink all day what about sleep no we're just gonna keep drinking it's like, no, we got to sleep and have a hangover at some point, guys, or we're going to die. Like yeah, it's, <laughs>
0: it's, but I, I don't know. I don't maybe know. maybe they cracked the matrix. Maybe they I figured was just gonna out say how, to, how to keep this shit show rolling, and it defies all logic. I I don't know. I think what it, they could uh, do some countries down where they just basically de- debase their currency, and they're like, all right, yeah, we're, we're going to release a new one. You know, I mean,
3: I, maybe. I don't know. Th- you know, the reason that it, that it potentially could, you know, have cracked the code—doing air quotes here—is that it seems like everybody's bought into this way of life, and by everybody, I mean other countries. I mean, it's this is this is uh, nothing's isolated anymore,
0: right? No, and I mean, here's the thing: is like if we shit out, everyone else is gonna shit out because we're the global currency for one and they're everything is executed in u.s dollars so maybe maybe there's other outside you know global influences like hey you guys gotta figure out how to keep this shit rolling yeah i
2: do i don't know so here's the thing i I got a good question for you guys i was listening to uh to to was it tim pool or um, I actually, no, no, I think actually it was, it was Buck Johnson's podcast, uh, counterflow who was just on our show. Um, I think it was, it was one of the two. I listened to so my podcast today. I drove 300 miles. I'm sorry. Can't remember where, where I heard all the details from, but so what are your guys' positions on like the whole America first idea?
3: Ooh. Um, um go ahead, go Chad. Ahead. I got no. I no got, I- no, you go. No, you go
0: ahead. <laughs> um, it's, a tu- it's a dicey
2: violence. one. It's a dicey one. So, I to think it through. I was driving.
0: In terms of like social economics, I think just nationalism like, in general.
2: Priorities, like your priorities as we should be solving them. Oh like we well,
0: guys, I mean, I think that I think that this whole global police bullshit has got to stop. I mean. You know, we've got our own issues to take care of here at home. I, I, I'm i going to take the in my stance is going to be based on the current times, not the true libertarian scenario here. I think that we should we should pack our shit up and we should bring the shit home and get get our ducks in order here and really start to evaluate what's going on. I mean, I have no faith in Washington to actually start trimming some of the pork and some of the fat. But I think we're long overdue for a conversation. You know, they want to talk about systemic racism or other systemic issues. They all stem from policies and it's, it's time if you really want to put America first, that's where you're going to fucking start. And yeah, you know, why do we need all these military bases all over the world? I mean, probably because they know the U S dollars backed by the might of the U S military. Sure. But, I think you can still have quite a bit of fucking might with a defensive force too, Absolutely. you know, just with the, just with the mere threat of, you know, say, Hey, we can intervene if we want, but I, I would say, you know, and, and definitely in education too, I'm not saying you need to have kids, you know, come up and say, you know, worship the flag every day, but you could definitely start pushing for, policies that are you know in education that are gonna steer kids the right way kind of like what we talked about earlier like start teaching kids economics start teaching them accounting start teaching them how to how to do their fucking taxes you know teach investments whatever but there again i don't think that if all these kids coming out of school actually knew how to manage money it wouldn't be in the best interests of uh the corporate lobbyists right but I think that that would be a good place to start without, you know, going the, the utopian way.
3: Yeah. I I mean, I'd love to see us stay more neutral as a whole. It's kind of funny. You asked that. um, Is that actually Tyler and I earlier were talking about uh, Switzerland and, and their neutrality. Um, But yeah, you know, just, you know, leave everybody else alone. Figure yourself out before you go figuring everything else out. Clean your room. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That's great, George Pearson yeah.
3: would say. Now yeah, where's so, where's where's Nick? Where's Nick when we need him? <laughs> I can't do the impression.
2: <laughs> it's like you got to clean your room because you can't what? solve the world's problems if you have not organized your own thoughts in order in your own life.
3: Sorry, hey, I don't, don't do it justice. Don't, don't don't say camp before you before you try it. I think that was pretty damn good.
2: That was pretty <laughs> good. No, yeah, yeah. I've been listening nick's gotta watch out i listened to both his audiobooks with the last month so if i have like ah. i have like 28 <laughs> hours of jordan peterson talking into my ear when i'm driving but um so yeah it took me a while to grab people with it too when I, when I was thinking about that and it's kind of a loaded term america first it's like they want to kind of paint it in a corner like it's, like, like it's a white nationalism like you know because maga says america first with trump and but I guess my stance, if like I had to talk to like a lefty friend who was completely blue pilled and, and didn't know where I stood and said, Are you like an America first person? My answer would be like, well, I'm an individual first person, and then yes. I'm my neighbor I'm a neighborhood first person, or maybe a family first person, then a neighborhood first person, then a community, then a town then a county, then a state first. So obviously, yeah, and on a global scale, I'm America first. But that's it's kind of loaded for where libertarians stand. It's like right, I yeah. think we should be watching out for our own shit on an individual level. And if everyone's yeah. living by don't hurt people and don't take their stuff, we we shouldn't have shit <laughs> like like pretty globally pretty easy it. rules. Yeah. So that's kind of like I, I, I was thinking about that today when I was driving. I was like, yeah, am I an American first? Like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I love the history of America. I love. I mean, I love the history. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by it. Like, I love learning about it. I mean, I'm so inspired by all these free market stories of your Henry Fords, minus his anti-Semitism, but like the, the people like that that are just uh, the the giants whose shoulders we stand on. You know, like I'm just amazed by it, and it it inspires the fuck out of me and makes me want to do shit with my life when I hear these stories. And it's like, so yeah, I'm, I'm very proud to be an American. Like I'm I'm like the constitution, the revolutionary war, like it's just, it's incredible stuff. And yeah, I think it's extremely important. And yeah, I I guess I'm America first as much as I, but that's like 72 steps removed from me being an individual first, like that's way down the line.
3: Like, yeah.
2: So it's a very loaded term is kind of what
3: I've, I've come to realize. You know, it might be a little ironic, but the first thing that popped in my head when you said "I'm proud to be an American" is a uh, song where at least I know I'm free. Yeah, <laughs> we're not free anymore. Though. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I was going to say we
2: got to drop the like the the home of the, or land of the free and home of the brave shit until the lockdowns are over. Like we should all start saying that like we're no longer brave. Like there's nothing brave about following orders and stepping in line with all the biggest powers in the country. And there's nothing free about being scared to go over to your buddy's house and have a party without getting arrested.
0: Right. Well, and, like, a lot of people want to put the rose-colored glasses on about the American Revolution, but it it was just – it was literally a bunch of drunk renegades. Like, by the end of the war, Washington's army was filled with, like, the 1700 – like, they were criminals. They were, like, hardened mercenaries, basically. They were, like, you can either – You can either get locked up for the shit you did, or you can go fight the Brits. And they're like, I guess I'm going to fight the Brits. It was a bunch of pissed off
2: dudes who had no air conditioning or podcast event on or group text. So they're like, no, we're going to fight back now. And here we are. We're like, we're still comfortable. We have internet. We're all sitting in climate controlled rooms right now talking through a magical, through the air somehow. And I hear your voice and see your face in real time where you're at it's it's just pure magic we just take for granted so we're like uh it's not that bad guys so all this these magic like modern amenities they didn't have any of that shit like yeah, they, had,
0: they, they shut the they shut the netflix off and that's the straw that breaks the camel's back <laughs>
2: yeah. we're gonna have a
0: second american revolution when they shut the netflix
2: off i i've i've said that before Like i and i once again we never advocate for violence at all like against Anyone, any, any peaceful people ever. Like well, That's not what we're here to do. Like, obviously, our answer would be peaceful secession to get out of this. But it's like, I, I do fear the day when this bubble becomes unsustainable and it crashes so hard that we do lose our modern comforts if the, the grid goes down or, you know, internet or just, I mean, even just commodities, grocery stores. I mean, just things that, that we depend on and take for granted, like, Gasoline, like if, if those things shut down, it's terrifying. I mean, that's why I'm glad I'm out in the middle of nowhere, like stashed away from people, because I don't want not I do not want to be in a big city
3: when that shit happens. No, yeah, I've I've been shopping for uh for land in another state that shall not be named.
2: Ah, you leave us.
0: Looking,
3: no, I'll tell you,
0: I'll tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I- so i have a uh, an acquaintance of mine or a friend of mine that is more on the marxist side of things and i jokingly said i said well yeah i don't know what you're so upset about with everything going on because i said if the market shits out that's a prime opportunity for your uh your people to start, <laughs> start doing what they do you know like that's and i really think that that you know if 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 the thing, if the economy bottoms out, like us libertarians have been saying, it's going to for like a decade now. Um, the political opportunists are the people you need to keep your eyes out for. Yeah,
2: to that damn Because Peterson.
0: they, that they will. No one is better at taking advantage of opportunity like that than the Marxists. Absolutely. They're, they're the best at it. They, they're so good at it. They, they give you one sip of that ism, and it's especially when times are tight, you know, and it's over. True. And that'll yep. really, that'll be the true test of the, the metal of, of the individualists is there will come a day when they, there may come a day where they're going to have to collectively organize too. Because it w- it's either it's either that or you're you're drinking the ism.
2: Well, isn't that the like that's the one of the biggest uh, strengths of the left are in the fact that they are shamelessly hypocrites. So like that's a huge strength because we're like, hey, you said that, but now you're doing this. But it's like we're playing this game of football where it's like we're like they're basically breaking all these rules of the game, and and we're calling them out for it, but. We're too naive to the fact, or at least the masses and our fans are, that they bought the refs, they bought the guys announcing the game, they bought the channel broadcasting the the game, they bought the entire league, and their fans in the stands will riot and light the stadium on fire if we call them out. And we're like, hey, but you guys had intentional grounding on that play. And they're like, fuck, intentional, like, are you seriously going to try to get us on that? Like, we own this whole shit. Do you not get that yet? Like we yeah. don't care if we're breaking rules. Yeah, my feet were not in bounds when I caught the ball. Guess what? We're putting fucking numbers on the board, and you guys are going by the rule book saying that we broke the rules. Like all we anybody cares about is who's putting numbers on the board, and we can't mm-hmm. stop them. Like
0: no, right? And that's that's my whole my whole thing is that people on the right side of the political compass, it's time to go on the offensive. It's it's, it's in a peaceful way. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not advocating for anything ridiculous. I'm saying that, like, stop fighting with one another. I mean, yeah, sure, you're going to have some nitwits that you're going to have to push out of your group. But go on the offensive. Conservatives do nothing but piss and moan on fucking Facebook and Twitter. They've done nothing to win.
2: They Trump don't organize. Was,
0: they, they, like, the problem is, like, they win an election once every eight years, and then they go on cruise control. They had a chance. And now all that we saw with the Trump era is that the left understands power and they understand pressure and all the media is on their side. So they, may, they look what they did to Trump. And I, I fear that the time is late now. We're, we're late in the fourth quarter and the right's natural reaction to these kind of movements is usually not good. And I'm not saying like violent. I'm saying like you get like the auth, the authoritarian rights coming out. Right. You know it's going to so. go from populism to much more hardliners, and that sucks. So
3: Re- real fascism.
0: Yeah. So conservatives, if you're fucking listening, it's time to go on the offensive. Start. You either you you either draw a line in the sand and hope to hopefully push secession into the net the Overton window or you're going to keep losing until your kids are sitting in school, getting their daily hormone injections.
2: That's not even a joke.
0: No, it's not. That's
2: that's a real life threat. And yeah. And it's like, because they don't organize, you know, it's like, I mean, here we are having a podcast, like we've organized us and our guests and our listeners. So it's like, we're all on the same page, but we're not, we're not organizing to go have a protest somewhere in, in public in person, but it's like, the, like the BLM and stuff like they we're fighting a fight that we didn't know we were in like they just start coming at us and swinging punches and we're like we didn't know you guys were this ready to fight we were just kind of going about like I'm trying to raise a family start a career uh, i got bought a house i got some cars i want to build like should i shit I want to do but it's like no your kids are going to read this and they're going to learn this and you guys are going to wear this and like you have to put this in your arm and i'm like what the fuck i didn't know we had a fight i i didn't know i was not i was engaged in this like no, no to all of that. If I'm a free person, no. But we all don't organize, so we all have to like in fear of being just like the cha cha slide, in fear of being socially outcasted, we have to step in line and slide to the left, slide to the right.
0: Yeah. Like, dude, and it's, it's these I see a lot of conservatives on Twitter that they complain a lot, but they're powerless to stop with what- like progressivism that's what it does it's 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 cancer it spreads to every aspect of society and and conservatives have done nothing but complain for the last 40 fucking years they've done nothing to win reagan is not a hero to you conservatives so stop acting like he was your last great hope trump wasn't a hero bush was most certainly not a hero like get it together you're gonna to have to organize, and you're gonna to have to start understanding how the systems of power in this country work, or your kids are gonna be getting hormone injections every day in school. Yeah, I think what
3: I think what Tyler's trying to say is, uh, nut up or shut up.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. No man, it's uh, we're going through such historic times that this is like. I'm so glad we're podcasting, like, because we're gonna have to. If we're fortunate to make it through the gulags, we have to like tell our grandkids about this someday. Should we get there, you know? And it's like, uh, you know, th- they're we have to tell them like how crazy these times were and how hard they were to navigate. And like, I got to tell them that, like, I, like your, you know, your grandparents or you know your parents were between two and eight years old in my house when this first started happening. And I had to try and navigate this. And we started a podcast. We started talking about it until podcast got shut down in 2024. And then we had no voices. There were no more Dave Smiths or Tom Woods. We had to figure it out on our own. Like, we could not communicate. Like, sounds crazy, but it's not that far out.
0: Oh, and it's, all it's, conservatives have done is whine about it.
3: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, no, it's certainly within the uh, realm of possibilities. Yeah. So
2: anyhow, guys, this has been a longer episode. We're at, a, we're at hour 20 now. So I guess we just, uh, you know, Tyler's at Schlitz beer, Chad's, uh, Chad's Chad. So, you know, you can find him here Hell Yeah, Oh <laughs> and you can find us at freedom fest, July 21st to 24th. Please rate and review the show.
0: You can find me at Childerberg. Tyler will be at Childerberg
2: with uh, hopefully will. a couple other past guests and, uh, other great Liberty loving people that are in this community. So yeah, thanks again, guys. And uh, share this with a friend. Thanks.